You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everyone today? Good. You guys are looking good. 9 a.m. Um, I'm back. Last week I wasn't here, I was um, stuck in isolation, and for those of you going, oh, have you recovered from COVID? I never got it. I didn't have it. I was just in a house with someone who did, which meant I had to stay in that house with that someone who did for seven days. It was wonderful. Chris was there with me. We were on our national leadership team gathering. A couple times a year we get together and have meetings, and it just so happened on day two of a three-day time together, one of us tested positive. I won't tell you who it was. Name rhymes with Lloyd, um, but they, um, <laughs> and so we all got stuck, and, uh, but praise, praise God, we had fun, and it was, it was, a, good, it was a good time, it was a good time. Uh, we didn't have to look after our kids during isolation, we didn't have to deal with wives during isolation. Some would say we suffered for the Lord. But it's so cool to be back and so good to see everybody. I send um, love and greetings from Bex as well. She's in our Pukekohe campus today. Um, uh, just, you know, sad news, Pastor Daryl and Denise, uh, Daryl's mum passed away and went to be with the Lord just this week. And so she's out there helping them out. We, and just for the Boothies, Booth family, we love you guys so much and uh, so proud of you guys. And we're with you all the way. Welcome also to our guests who are here with us this morning and all those who've joined us. I need to also let you know really quickly that we have a national champion in our church, Christian Duval. He, I know he's going to be here at church tonight. His parents are here. Uh, Emery uh, and, and Davia are here, but he won the nat. He defended his National Secondary Schools Cross Country Championship yesterday, and he won. It was amazing. So a gold medalist, and he didn't just win. He destroyed. He dominated. He absolutely wiped the floor. And he's still got one more year of high school, so he could be three years in a row national champ. It's amazing. Anyway, shut up, Steve. Get on. Okay, welcome, everybody. We are into this series, The Ten. We are counting down from ten to eight. We have looked at a couple already. We've looked at Do Not Covet and number ten. Bex last week preached a great message, Do Not Lie, coming in at number nine and coming in at number eight today. Do not steal. Exodus 20, 15. You shall not steal. To steal means to take another person's property without permission or legal right and without intending to return it, to steal. When I was in my early 20s and I was still living at home, my mom woke me up at about three in the morning one night, and uh, we had a lot of cars at our house. My, I had a car, my brother had a car, we had a friend staying, and he had his car, and my mum had a car, my dad had a car, so the front of our house was just full of all these cars, and at about three in the morning one evening, my mum comes running down the stairs and wakes me up, and she's going, Stephen, Stephen, wake up, someone's stealing the cars. And so I'm like, half a se- I get up out of bed, I rush up, I, I, I'm like, what, what is happening? And so then I grab into my, reach into my closet and I grab the handle of a bat and I run outside and I bust through the doors and I, and I come storming into our driveway going, oi, 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 I'm half asleep, oi, oi, oi. And these, these people who were stealing, our, trying to steal our cars and break into our cars, they got in their car and they drove off at the speed of light down the, the, down the road, they took off and, and I'm left standing there like, like, I've been awake 25 seconds, 
and I'm standing in the driveway just breathing heavily going, what is going on? And I look down and only to realize I'm only wearing Donald Duck satin boxer shorts. And in my hand, what I think is a baseball bat is actually a child's tennis racket. So let me tell you, criminals, if you want to steal my stuff, that's what's coming for you. They took off so fast. When we think of this command, do not steal, we often think of the big things, right? We think of the, the big kind of grandiose expressions of stealing and we think to ourselves, I've never done so, like, I've never robbed a bank, I've never stolen a car, I've never burgled a house and so like this rule, this, this command kind of seems a little bit irrelevant to us in many ways but I want to tell you church that there are a number of more subtle ways that stealing actually can manifest in our lives and I want to share a few quick versions of those with you today. A version of stealing could be called simple dishonesty. Dishonesty. We can be dishonest in many different areas of our lives, and the reality is that dishonesty is just stealing. We can be dishonest and work things in our own favor. We can be dishonest with our tax. Ooh, that's an awkward one to talk about in church, eh? <laughs> we can be dishonest in our tax and our quoting and our paperwork with our business. See, Romans 13, 7 says this, give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. Some of you are going, this is a terrible sermon, Steve. Terrible word this morning in church. We can be dishonest with our treatment of our employees. We can treat them poorly, we can withhold from them. Le Leviticus 19.13 says this, do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not make your hired workers wait until the next day to receive their pay. Don't treat your employees in such a way that you're actually stealing something from them. Dishonesty in that way is actually a form of stealing. We can be dishonest with our employers and with our work. You know, they say that the, the most stolen thing from a workplace is not pens or paper clips or stationary, it's time. We can show up late, leave early, have long coffee breaks, spend a long time at the water cooler catching up on all the office goss, have long lunch breaks, and often we can, as employees, come into our work with a mindset that says, how little can I get away with, and how much can I get paid for it? I know you guys wouldn't do this, but other people I know might, the, did you know that the most common days that sick days are taken on are Mondays and Fridays? I know that's a shock to many of you here today. <laughs> Employees, we can take advantage of our workplaces and the resources and the equipment and the supplies, and we can even start to see it as an entitlement. We can start to see it as just a perk of the job. It's part of the gig work in here. I just get free access to the product that we have. But the reality is we justify this stuff because it's small, because it's not that consequential. But here's the, here's the news. The Eighth Commandment doesn't say, thou shall not steal big things. Thou shall not steal things worth over around $5. Under that, it's all good. Thou shall not steal is the command. The amount, the size, the uh, consequence of it is irrelevant. The commandment is simply, thou shalt not steal. Here's another version of stealing. It's very modern. It's called downloading. It's another version of stealing. Back in my day, and for many of you here in the room, if you wanted to steal a movie, here's what you had to do. 
You had to go down to the local Video Easy, United Video, Blockbuster, or Family Movie, and you had to walk into the, the video shop wearing some kind of coat or something concealing. You had to go to find the rack with the video that you wanted. You had to look behind the front one because that was just the one that advertised it, and behind it were the real ones. And you had to look inside to make sure that the VCR was actually in the case. And then you had to tuck it up in your jumper and then find your way out of the shop. Now, there's a bunch of millennials in the room right now looking at me like I'm crazy. Millennials, once upon a time before the internet was around, there was a thing called a video shop. And if you wanted to watch a movie, you had to drive to the video shop, you had to rent a video, pay the money, and the rental was 24 hours, so some were seven-day rentals, and you had to bring it back before the rental expired. It wouldn't just magically disappear from your computer. You had to bring it back, and you had to rewind the tape, otherwise you got fees, and you would get in trouble. You're thinking, this is crazy town. But let me tell you, millennials, you'll never know the joy of the video shop. The joy of going, what could we get from the video shop? Nowadays, you can steal something by downloading it with a click of a button in the privacy of your own home with no one watching, no one will see you, and you can get any number of pirated movies, music, software, programs, editing suites, all manner of different stuff is available to you at the click of a button. It's called stealing. It's just another way of describing stealing. Here's another one. Another version of stealing is known as defaulting. When it comes to borrowing stuff from you, you have two types of friends. Here are your two types of friends. One type of friend will borrow something from you, use it, promptly return it, along with a thank you card and a batch of homemade cupcakes, just to say thank you. The second friend you have will borrow that thing, and like my hairline, you'll never see it again. <laughs> it is gone for all eternity. It is now their possession. Here's a question. Have you ever borrowed money with no intention of repaying it? Like, can I borrow money? But you've got no real intentional means of repaying that money. It's called defaulting. Have you ever borrowed something that you never returned. And just as I was preparing this message in my office this morning, just going over my notes, I looked at my bookshelf and I thought to myself, I own half of these. <laughs> Many of these do not belong to me. And as I look on the front row and I see my friend Kirby, I think to myself, I'll return your electric planer real soon, buddy. I've got, I saw it and I know it's there and I feel really bad. And to all the other people who I have your things, I'm preaching messages to you and to me today. Have you ever borrowed something and lo or loaned something from somebody and never returned it? In fact, I was at a friend's house. We were, Bex and I had lunch at a friend's house, who, part of our church, um, just a few months ago, and we're sitting down to lunch. And as we're sitting down to lunch, I looked over and I saw on their bench, and what I noticed on their bench, my friends, was a little orange pen. And I saw this little orange pen on their bench, and so I went over and I said, well, well, well. What do we have here? Stealing now, are we? And from the church. Here's the thing. According to God's law, according to this eighth commandment, and in fact, according to the last three weeks, 
all of us, we are all coveting, lying thieves. That's such good news today, isn't it? <laughs> what, if, what, if, what is the sermon today? Pay your taxes, give back all the orange pens, and we're coveting lying thieves. So a good day in church. So what can we do? What do we do? Like, you know, God's command for us is to live a life that is not one of stealing. Where God's best for us is to align ourselves with this eighth commandment. So how do we do that? How do we live a life that aligns with number eight? I want to give you a few quick thoughts here. First one is this, really quickly. Number one, work hard. Work hard. Ephesians 4.28 says this, if you're a thief, now I know when we say those words, we think of everyone else in the room, but if you're a thief, quit stealing. If you find yourself having a propensity towards taking things that do not belong to you, if you find yourself with a propensity to cheat and work the system in your favor to get dishonest gain, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to those in need. A thief is always looking for their own gain. They're never looking to benefit somebody else. But when you work hard, guess what you get? You get abundance and provision, and you get prosperity through your hard work. And then the intern from that, you get to be generous with everything you have. The Pope was once asked, how many people work at the Vatican? And he said, about half. Church, here's the truth. God has wired you and me and made us for good, honest work. God has made us to work, to be productive with our hands, to make a difference with what we have, not to be lazy and to squander and to work the system and cheat the system and try and get what we can for as little as we can do. But God has made us for work. And whatever that mean work, word work means for you, and whatever season you're in, work doesn't always mean a job. Work is work. And friends, whatever season you're in, whether it's as a parent or in your job, in your career, in your calling, in your time, whatever it is in your study, work hard. Work hard at what you've been given. Colossians 3.23 says this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. In your workplace right now, could you stand before God and say, God, I've done a good job with my work as if I'm working for you. Friend, in your workplace, in your home, in your family, your business, wherever it is, be, a, be the kind of person who goes, you know what, I'm going to work hard. In your employment, rather than going with the mindset of how little can I do and get away with and how much can I get paid, ask yourself, how much more value could I add if I worked harder and I gave my all to what God has entrusted to me? Here's a question. It's a fun question. Am I hardly working or am I working hard? In my workplace, am I working hard or am I hardly working? Here's my second thought. If you want to live according to God's number eight, Number two, give it back. Give it back. In the Gospel of Luke, there's this really cool encounter between Jesus and a guy named Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus is a tax collector. In fact, he's a, he's a corrupt tax collector. He doesn't just collect taxes, but he takes above and beyond for his own gain. He's a, he's a criminal. He's a thief. He is corrupt in what he does. He's also really short. 
and he hears that Jesus is coming into town. And so in order to get a glimpse of Jesus, he climbs up a tree to see Jesus coming in. And as Jesus enters into the town and he sees Zacchaeus in a tree, he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for lunch. And he goes to Zacchaeus' house and while he's in the presence of of Zacchaeus, while Jesus is sitting with Zacchaeus amongst all Zacchaeus' friends, and they're all a bit messed up, and they're all a bit corrupt, and they're all a bit criminal in their ways, and Zacchaeus is a known thief amongst the people, here's what happens, and here's what transpires. As Zacchaeus is just sitting with Jesus, this is what happens. Luke 19, 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus never asked Zacchaeus to do that. Jesus never said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, you're a bad man. You're a criminal and you're naughty. And I want you to give back everything you've stolen. Jesus never had to say that. This is what happens when you come into the presence of God. When you meet Jesus face to face, there is a conviction of sin in your life. There are things that were once okay that are no longer okay. And Jesus didn't have to say a word to him about what he'd done. He just knew he had to do the right thing. And he had to give it back. I got saved when I was 18 years old. And I went to a local school around here, the mighty Edgewater College. I take it from that response, no one else went. (laughs) Far too prestigious for you lot. While I was at Edgewater College in one of my last years of school, I'm very sorry to say this, and I know my mum's probably watching on the live stream, so I'm sorry, mum, to apologize for what I'm about to say. I actually stole from the Edgewater Bakery. I stole from them. It was not normally in my nature. It wasn't the way my mum brought me up to be. Mum, just go make a cup of tea while I tell this story. But I stole from the Edgewater Bakery. And then after high school, the year, the February after I finished high school, I I met Jesus. And my life got radically turned around. And I just, you know, God got a hold of my life and my life was not the same. And you know what happened from the day I met Jesus? I was very uneasy about what I'd done. I just had this conviction, this guilt about stealing from this bakery. And I couldn't shake it. It was like, God didn't have to say to me, Steve, I know what you've done, you need to give it back. I just knew I had to give it back. I just knew I had to repay what I'd taken from this bakery, and I couldn't shake it. I, was, I felt so guilty and so convicted, and I just knew the right thing to do was to go back to the bakery and just pay them back. And so I called a friend of mine, I, I said, I, and I called, I said, dude, I, I feel like God is telling me I have to go back to this bakery and pay back what I took from them. He's like, awesome, I'll come pick you up. So he came, picked me up, and we drove down to the Edgewater Bakery, and we went into the I had a bunch of money in my hand because I knew how much I'd taken. And so I walked into the bakery and in my head, this is going to be this holy moment. This is going to be this this moment where God just shows up and there's reconciliation and there's weeping and there's hugs and there's this wonderful moment. And I walk in there and there's this beautiful lady, this, this small Chinese lady who doesn't speak a lot of English. And let me tell you, friends, my Mandarin's not great. Ni hao, xie xie, that's it. And so here's me trying to communicate with this little Chinese lady who doesn't speak a lot of English that I stole from her about a year ago and that I met Jesus along the way and he transformed my life and I want to give back money. And she's just looking at me going, no, no, 
No, I'm like, no, 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 this is a good thing. I have money for you, and, and, and I stole from you. You don't know this, but I stole from you. And then I met Jesus, and he transformed my life. And she's going, no. And I'm going, please take my money. And she's going, no. And then people are walking in, and they're starting to look at me weird. I'm going, sorry, I just need to give her money. She doesn't want it. And so it's just, listen, in my head, it was supposed to be awesome and holy and just this reconciliation moment. And now it's gone weird, and I just don't know what to do. And she won't take my money. So in the end, I just bought 10 mints and cheese pies because I'm like I'm just like I'm just uh, 10 of those and so I come walking out of the bakery and my friend's waiting for me goes how did it go and I said not as I planned well now we've got these what are we going to do with these some of you today as I preach this message and as we talk about this eighth commandment do not steal you're feeling the same conviction that Zacchaeus felt and that I felt. That same unease and that sense of guilt that, man, I've, I've done something, I have something, I possess something, I've taken something that doesn't belong to me and there is now a conviction that you've gotta, get, you've gotta put right what was wrong. You have to give back what was taken. So friend, what is in your cupboard, your garage, under your bed, in your computer, in your bank account, in your car, on your bookshelf that doesn't belong to you? What is sitting in your living room that doesn't belong to you? What is it that you have in your possession that was taken by means that were not good, that was stolen from somebody else? What do you possess that is the possession of someone else? And here's what I want to challenge us to do as a church. And I know this is going to be like, bold and brave, but I've, I really believe this is what God calls us to do as followers of Jesus, is this, I want to challenge you to give it back. As awkward as it may feel, and as weird as it is, and as, like, as much time has elapsed since you borrowed that thing, and now it's awkward. It's like 10 years ago, I borrowed the chainsaw, and now I've got to go back to Brian's house and give it back his chainsaw, and he already bought a new one, and now I feel bad. As awkward, awkward as it is, I want to challenge you as, as followers of Jesus to give back what's not yours. Go to that person's house and give it back. Call them up, tell them you have it, and give it back. If you have money that you got by dishonest means, give it back. Take a bold step and do something with it. If, if you don't know whose it belongs to, and you know you have it and it's not yours, but you don't know who it belongs to, go and take it to the police station. I'm telling you, I'm not, like, honestly, Go and drop it to someone who can find who it belongs to. Take it to the police station. If it's not yours, it's not yours to have. It's not yours to keep. It's yours to give back. So give it back. If you don't know what to do with it, if you're sitting there going, I, don't, I, I, I feel it's awkward now and I, I know I need to give it back, but I, I don't know what to do. Here's what I'm saying we're going to do as a church. This afternoon, we're going to have an amnesty. So between 2 and 3 p.m. this afternoon, if you have a stolen good and you feel awkward about taking it to the police or dropping it back, bring it here. We will take it back for you. So leave a note on it of who it belongs to and we'll find them and we'll take it back for you. Leave a note on it and say, I don't know whose this is. I know it's not mine. Can you take it to the police station? We'll take it to the police station. We're not, I'm not, my house isn't gonna be filled with goods. I'm not gonna say, hey, hmm, Pastor Steve, that's, that seems a bit weird. No, 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 it's not gonna, it's, I'm not saying drop it at my house. I don't want it. I don't want another bakery situation on my hands. I'm telling you. 
bring it here. We, I, I, honestly, that's, and that's no joke. I'm saying that with all honesty. Come by. No one's here between two and three. One of our pastors will be here. It's totally anonymous. It's anonymity. There's an amnesty. Just come, drop it at the front doors of the church, and we will take it where it needs to go. Leave a note on it if you know who it belongs to, or we'll take it to the police station and we'll deal with it. The, the challenge is this. Give it back. If it's not yours, give it back. Here's a question. What is the it in give it back for you? What is the it? What is it that you have that belongs to another that you need to give back? Ben, you guys can come and join me. My last thought for you guys is this. We're going to hold to number eight. Number three, live honest. Live honest. Work hard, give it back, and live honest. As a people of God, my challenge for us is this, and God's challenge for us is this, is to live honest, hardworking lives. Live lives of uprightness where we are living honest with the people that we deal with, honest with our money and our time and our work and honest with our possessions and honest with our dealings and honest with our gain and what we take and what we have and what we possess. Um, As a family, we um, took our kids to the uh, bowling, zone bowling, just down in Botany there. And at zone bowling, there's, there's 10 pin bowling, but there's also a whole bunch of like arcade games that you can play. So here's how it works. You buy a little card. This isn't a plug for zone bowling, by the way. They haven't paid me to do this. You get a little card and you have like a, an amount or time that you can use the card and you just tap the card on games and then you can play that spacey game or whatever for a, a, as long as you can stay on and then it's done. And then you tap another game, play another game. But as you play the games and you get points, you can get tokens. And those tokens load up onto your card. So at the end of your play, you go and check how many tokens you got, and then you can go spend those tokens on trashy candy and toys that break within 30 seconds. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's a little shop. You can go spend all your tokens. There's heaps of fun, right? So we, we're down there. We're playing, and we get to the end, and the kids have got like, you know, a couple hundred tokens on their little cards. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to spend them. It's going to be awesome. And then one of my kids comes up and goes, Dad, I just found a card. I just found this card. And I checked it. It's amazing. I'm like, what do you mean? Let's go check. So we go over to the machine. We tap the card. And this thing has thousands of tokens. Thousands. And to my children, this is like winning the lottery. <laughs> this is the greatest moment of their lives. And, I, and for me, for like a few moments, it was the greatest moment of my life. I was like, this is going to be awesome. Imagine the candy and the trashy toys that we're going to get. This is amazing. And he's like, Dad, this is so cool. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Isn't the Lord good? The favor of God is upon this family. Don't you tell me the Lord doesn't provide for his children. Look at these tokens. And then my wife, God bless her, says, we cannot keep that card. Broke our hearts. My children were devastated. No, no. And they're looking at me going, Dad, do something. (laughs) You're supposed to be the head of the home. She's the neck. Just. (laughs) Uh, So then I'm like, in my head, I'm like going, no, spend the money. And then in my heart, I'm like, she's right. So I'm like, buddy, the right thing to do is to give this card back. We have to give it back. 
no, Dad, oh, we have to give it back. It's not ours. So we go to the counter, we go to the man. Hey, look, we found this card. It's got so many tokens on it. It's loaded, uh, but it's not ours. And, and we, we, we made our kids do it. Like, you guys have to do it because we're the good parents, right? I'm like, <laughs> and he goes, and we said, we don't know who's it. He said, look, let me check, see if I can find the owner. It's not registered to anybody. There wasn't many people in the arcade, so going around asking. So, and then so after 10 minutes, he comes up to us and he goes, hey, listen, I can't find the owner. And because you guys were so honest, I want to give you all the tokens. And my kids were like, <laughs> And it was this cool little lesson. It's a silly story, but it's a cool little lesson in the power of honesty. Because if we'd taken that and spent it, it was totally dishonest. Totally dishonest. It wasn't ours to spend. But through an act of honesty and integrity, there was actually a blessing that came from it. Um, when you... When things like that happen, and there's an opportunity for dishonest gain, when you get too much change at the checkout, or when they say your bill is this much when you know it's more, it's not always the favor of God or God's blessing on you. Sometimes it's a mistake, and an honest mistake. And so God's call for us is not to see that as an opportunity for dishonest gain, because that's what it is. It's an opportunity for honesty. Proverbs 10.2 says this, Wealth you get by dishonesty will do you no good. No good. But honesty can save your life. Can save your life. So, Elam Christian Center, Botany Campus, online campus, here's my challenge. Let's be a people and a church who live by God's 10 and live by God's number 8. Let's be a church that works hard, Let's be a church that gives back what it is we have that we got by dishonest gain. And let's be a church who lives honest in our dealings with people. If you want to align your life with God's best and God's blessing and God's provision on your life, it's not going to happen outside the tent. Bring it in line and see God move in your life. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for just the power of your word. And Lord, that in our lives... We need foundation to stand on. We need a code to live by. We need a moral standard by which we are to strive for. And so, Lord, I pray that as a church, if we have any dishonest gain in our lives, that you'd give us the courage, Lord, to give it back. You'd give us, Lord, a heart to work hard. Father, if there's anything that we possess that is not ours, Maybe even if that's on our computers or devices that we've illegally gained. Lord, I, help, I pray you help us to have the courage to push the delete button and give back. Father, I pray for all of us that we would live honest and righteous and lives that are worthy of being followers of you. But God, I know that in the midst of all this, in our own strength, it's impossible to do it. So I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit to empower us to live the life that we cannot live on our own. So I pray that we would have the strength and we would have the anointing and we would have the outpouring of your spirit in our lives to lead us into righteousness. And I pray that from this moment forward that we would have a change of heart and a change of way that we would be a people who work hard, give back, and live honest 
in all of our dealings. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, I want to pray one more prayer. You know, the truth is this. If we can all try and be good. We can all try and live a good life and live up to God's standard. But the truth is that we all actually do fall short. All of us mess up. All of us sin. We all fall short of God's standard. And our sin has a pretty serious consequence. Our sin, it separates us from God. And the payment that's due for our sin, the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. God in His amazing grace sent His own Son Jesus to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself the, the, the debt, the payment that you and I were due for our sin. He paid the debt. And then He conquered death in the grave and He rose again to new life. And He extends to every single person here today, not condemnation or judgment. And I pray you haven't felt that today. There's no condemnation for you. There's a gift of grace for you. Forgiveness for all your wrong, all your guilt, all your shame, all your sin. Forgiven. Forgiven. You get to experience a brand new life. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. God will make you a brand new person from the inside out. You get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. God has a plan and a purpose for you, friend. Your life is not a mistake or an accident. There is a divine purpose to it. And then, friends, this is a great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. If you're here today in the room or you're watching online, you're not right with God. You've never made a decision to follow Him. Or maybe you're honest and say, Steve, my life is far from God today. I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. It's a prayer of surrender. Prayer, it's a prayer getting your life right with God. If you're here today, you can pray it along with me. I'll pray it out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. You pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. This is your prayer, not mine. Are you ready? Just pray this in your heart with me. Say, God today. I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my sin, and I turn to you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my wrongs. I receive today your free gift of grace. I ask you now to come in and be the Lord of my life, I choose from this day to live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer today, prayed that online, I'm so proud of you. I want to get you to do something for me if you wouldn't mind doing that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I want you, if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it. If you're online, there's a button coming up that says, I raise my hand or count me in. Click that link. We want to know from you as well. If you prayed that prayer either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, I want you to put your hand up nice and high when I get to three. I'm not doing that to embarrass you. All I want you to do is take a little step of faith. I'll see you, I'll acknowledge you, and then you can put your hand straight back down. Are you ready on the count of three? One, two, three. Hands going up nice and high right now saying, Steve, that's me. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you online. Thank you so much. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me? Yeah, right over there. I got you too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Another one online. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Well, God, we thank you. Another one online. Thank you. God bless you. You're amazing. God sees you. God knows you. God loves you. Father, I thank you so much for your work in this place. I thank you that we once all were dead in our sin, but Lord, we can have the free gift of grace and be alive in Jesus. So God, I pray you bless all those who've made that decision today. We bless them now in the name of Jesus. May they know the full, free, and abundant life that you bring them. And we just celebrate them right now as a church in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. Let's put our hands together for all those people. 
How amazing is that? Thanks, Ab. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.